precious. And you'll be quite surprised, I think, when you see what's in mine. The first thing I'm going to draw out is a handkerchief. And it's a very worn handkerchief. In fact, it's so worn that it's got a hole in the middle. <laughs> Why on earth has she got a handkerchief with a hole in the middle? Well, this is all that I've got left of my dad's, of my dad's stuff. A couple of handkerchiefs. And I've carried them round now for over 50 years with me because he's been dead for 50 years. But they were something I could touch and they were precious to me. My daughter-in-law borrowed one when we were on holiday because I, her, our grandson had managed to get chocolate ice cream all down his face. So she rubbed it all on and she said, I don't suppose you want that now. Should I put it in the bin? And he must have seen the horror on my face. And my son said, no, 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 no. And then I explained to her. So she immediately washed it and gave me back. It sounds silly, but for me, it's a treasure. It's precious. Another thing I've got in here is a piece of paper. And you'd wonder why. But Pete and I have been married 20 years, sorry, 12 years, uh, and we have been told after a whole series of hospital tests there was no way we could have children. But God had given us a promise for children. And the people in our church in Manchester, our house group, have been fasting once a week for 10 years by this stage. And so when we told them about this, this piece of paper is the result of a pregnancy test saying that we are expecting our first child. And when we told them at our house group, one of them said, thank you, God. I hate fasting and I've been doing it for so long. Anyway, so that is precious because God had promised us children and we went on to have a boy and a girl who both now married. And that was always attached to the pram. It's only little and it's very old and I don't think it was very expensive. In fact, it's a little mother care one. But again, it's a treasure. It wouldn't mean anything to anybody else. But it's a treasure. And the last thing I've got in here is a treasure from a holiday Pete and I have had. Didn't know I bought this, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> we were at the bottom of the Empire State Building. And there was a sale of beautiful jewellery there. And this one is made, it's a gorgeous bracelet. And it was one of my favourite pictures. It's portraying round Van Gogh's sunflowers. And I love this bracelet. And I love it because Pete gave it me. <laughs> so, again, things that wouldn't mean anything to anybody else. Treasure. And Jesus taught a lot about treasure. It says in Matthew 6, verse 19... Don't store up treasure here on earth where they can be eaten by moths and get rusty and where thieves break in and steal. Store up treasure in heaven where they will never become moth-eaten or rusty and they will be safe from thieves because wherever your treasure is, there your heart and your thoughts will be. So what is precious to one person is not precious to anybody else. 
And we can spend a lot of energy, time, money on things that we think are precious. But that verse is quite key when it says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and your thoughts will be. People spend great amount of time building up their treasure, great amount of time on their career, great amount of time storing up things. I'm not saying they are wrong, but if they totally dominate your life, that's when it's wrong. And Jesus knew how all-consuming these things can be in our lives. Again, he speaks of treasure in Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it back again. And our dog does that with bones and sticks. (laughs) And sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field and to get the treasure too. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl merchant on the lookout for the choicest of pearls. And when he discovered the pearl of great value, he sold everything that he had so that he could buy it. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven and how valuable it is. In the first instance, the man isn't looking for his treasure. He just sort of falls upon it in a field. But in the second instance, the man is seeking out a precious pearl. And it's like that for some of us. Some of us will have just stumbled on the kingdom of heaven. Maybe been introduced by a friend. Maybe read something in a book or in an article. Maybe, as I know somebody has an attachment to this bit, maybe picked up a Bible in a hotel room and read through it like your dad did and found God. That's the second time I've heard that. A colleague of mine who worked for me when I was running, managing an after-school club went on a honeymoon. They spent half their honeymoon reading the Bible. They found it in the drawer. And they started reading it together. And they found God. They stumbled on God. Uh, so you might be introduced by a friend. It might be an instance in our life and somebody's come alongside us and something about them. But for others, they are searching like the man was searching for the pearl. They've maybe gone on an alpha course. They've maybe seen something in a friend or a colleague. And they begin to search for what they have, for what they see in them. But both of them, both the man with the treasure and the man with the pearl, sell all. How committed have you got to be to do that? They don't do just part of it. So what is the kingdom of heaven worth to you? Because, again, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be and your thoughts. Is it worth selling all? Is it worth giving up to be part of that kingdom of heaven? Wanting to be in God's kingdom will be life-changing. Whether you're 10, 20, 30, 40, 60, 70, 80, when you find that kingdom, it will be life-changing. Because it means committing time, money, 
relationships, career, energy, your views on things. It means change. It means giving up often things. It means giving up maybe desires, relationships, habits. But God knows what it costs and what it's worth. And he knows he wants you in his kingdom. And if you're in his kingdom, he wants you to be more and more committed. Are you going to do it in secret if you're in the kingdom of heaven? I suspect the farmer and the pearl merchant were very quiet about what they found until they found it. Then they told everybody. You can just imagine them, can't you, going down to the market. Oh, that's a nice pearl. It's not like this one, though, is it? You can just imagine. They would boast about it. They would be very proud of it. And are you going to give up everything? Are you going to keep it a secret? Or are people around you going to notice the change in you? My dad was a Christian for all his life. Well, as long as I knew him, anyway. Um, so he was a Christian, and I was brought up in a Christian home. And when my dad was dying, he gathered his three daughters together, and he said, the doctors have just given me a year. And I just remember saying to him, but are you scared, Dad, of when you die? Now, this is me. I've been brought up in Sunday school, youth group, a lot. Aren't you afraid? No. I'm already in God's kingdom, he said. I'm just going to be nearer God. It's going to be great. And then he sort of said, oh, but do take care of your mum and this, that and the other. But he was no one bit frightened. And I thought, I want to be in that kingdom that he's not afraid of, that he's part of that he's living in, that he's bringing joy in his life. And I was at college at the time. I had to go back, and the first thing I had to do was finish a relationship that I got. This lad that I'd been going out with for two and a half years. But it was wrong. And if I was going to follow God, he wasn't one bit interested. So it affected relationships. I had to lay down some things. I couldn't actually go to the college bar anymore and drink that many Newquay Browns. It just wasn't on. <laughs> it didn't hurt for the bigger, though, but still. And I had to choose what I was going to do with my money, what I was going to do with my career. Was I going to become a teacher? Was that what God wanted me to do? But let me tell you, it was worth it. It was worth every bit of it, because every bit that I gave up God filled it with something else which was better. Better, much, much better. I'll just tell you a story as well about a lad called James. I think Pete's already said this morning to somebody. Later this, well, in about eight weeks' time, is it? Six weeks' time, we're going out to Rwanda. And we're going out to... Sorry? We'll be deported. Yeah, yeah. It would be cheaper if we'd gone to the beach at Dover, but no, we pay our effort. Uh, we're going out to Rwanda, and that is because God called us to take teams of young people out to Uganda. And Pete's been 20 times, I've been about 15 times. You take teams of young people out there to work at a children's centre. And we met a young lad there who, to stay there, needed sponsoring. So Pete and I decided to sponsor James. He was, he'd given his life to God, and he wanted to do what God wanted him to do. 
So we paid through Children's Centre for his education. Then he wanted to go on to university. We'd already got our own two there, so this was the third one. So we paid for him through university. And then, once he was qualified, he went back to Rwanda. He had fled there when there were all the troubles and his family had been killed and separated. The land of his family had been stolen. But he was now part of God's kingdom and he wanted to go back to bring peace to the divided family. I don't want the land back. That doesn't matter. But I don't want my uncle hating my aunt. And I don't want the cousins against the other cousins. I want to bring peace where there has been so much anger and theft and things. Because that's part of God's kingdom. Bringing peace, bringing change. And Peter's always said to him, well, if you get married, we'll come to the wedding. So we got our invitation. You know, he writes regularly anyway. Uh, well, emails regularly. We got our invitation. So we're going out to his wedding. He's marrying Doreen. And we've never met Doreen. We haven't seen the picture of Doreen. But we're going to his wedding. He's so excited. Because this relationship between us is so strong. And it's part of God's kingdom. And he's taking God's kingdom back to his village. Which you can do so much when you're part of God's kingdom. It's amazing. So some people are seeking God. They're on an Alpha course. They're looking for it. And it's a chance to share. It's a chance for people to ask why. I've helped with a few Alpha courses. And it's been so exciting. Some of the questions have been very basic. Well, who is God? And it's not as easy as we think, is it, to answer? Or why do you do this? Or what's the church about? Sometimes it's just we share the word of God with somebody we're having a cup of coffee with or we're walking the dog with. One thing I need to say is, I've said this time and time again probably to you, when you share the word of God, don't explain it away. It's so easy to share the word than to say, but it means the word of God stands like a rock on itself. We do not have to explain it away. We just have to give it and it will do its work. Okay, don't diminish it, just explain. So, people will ask when they see the kingdom of God, when they see we're part of the kingdom of God, they might think you're mad. I'm sure a lot of people do, especially the couple of times people have heard me singing in tongues when I've been walking the dog. I can't sing in tune anyway, and it sounds even worse when I'm singing in tongues. They must think, she's completely loopy, this woman. But don't worry what people think of you. What does it matter? What matters is what God thinks of you. It doesn't really matter at all. It says in 2 Corinthians, but this precious treasure, this light and power that now shines from within us is held in perishable containers. That is, in our own weak bodies, so that everyone can see that our glorious power is from God and it's not from our own. So tell them why they ask. Tell them why. Why we are in God's kingdom. What is God's kingdom? What is God's kingdom? God's kingdom is the rule and the reign of God in this world. And as such, it's opposed by Satan. Every chance he gets. God's kingdom is the rule and the reign in your life. 
And as such, it will be opposed by Satan. It's the rule and the reign in individuals. And Satan hates it. The early disciples watched the kingdom of God begin spreading round where they lived. But they also felt Satan's opposition. And we can see the kingdom of God spreading in our families. You watch it in your children, in your grandchildren, in your churches, in the village here, in the town, in the area of St. John's where we live. But you'll also experience lots of opposition. For you, it says in Deuteronomy, are a holy people who belong to the Lord, your God. The people on this earth. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. It says that in the Bible. He's chosen you to be his own special treasure. Just think what it cost God to send his son down to earth for us. For you as an individual. Just stop for a minute. Let's just stop and think what it cost God to send his only son down here for the kingdom. Jesus gave up all he had for us, for you. Jesus, when you think about it, was humbled. He was bullied. He was ridiculed. He was outcast. Yet he wanted individuals in his kingdom and he called them. He said to Peter, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He said to James, follow me. He said to Martha and Mary, come and sit at my feet. Listen, follow me. Become part of this kingdom. He said to Val, follow me. Become part of my kingdom. He said to Monica, follow me, be part of my kingdom. Show the kingdom to people around. He said to Anne, follow me, be part of my kingdom. As you're in school, as you're working, as you're walking your dog. We are his treasure and he's given up all for each one of us so that we can now be in the kingdom of heaven. Not when we die, now. Right now, you can be part of God's kingdom. When Jesus hung on that cross, your names were already written on the palm of his hands. Have you thought about that? When he hung on the cross, his names were already written on the palm of his hands. His hands, where the nails were driven through, where he gives up everything, For you, your names were already there. Give up everything for him because it's worth it. It's worth it to be part of the kingdom of God. Let's just pray. Father God, we want to thank you that you gave up everything so that we could be part of your kingdom. 
And if you gave up everything, it's really worth us giving up everything to be part of your kingdom. To be in the kingdom of God. So that we needn't fear. So that we can spread the love you have for this world, Lord. Father God, if we haven't yet drawn, if we haven't yet committed ourselves into the kingdom of God, help us, Lord, to do so. For it's worth giving up everything for that treasure, for that pearl, and to follow you. Amen. I've got some questions here.